Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am billboards in the fields. I'm an old truck up on cinder blocks. Missing all my wheels. I'm Pabst Blue. It's time for NBC Radio News. I'm KCAA Loma Linda. Brought to you by Green Kong Dispensary, the Inland Empire's finest curated medical and recreational dispensary. Google GreenKong.com. China is now adding 13,000 cases to the number of people infected with the newly renamed COVID-19 virus, bringing the total to 52,526. The World Health Organization's Tarek Jasarovic explains the new calculations. We think that uh, it's just a casting a wider net. So uh, now not only people who are uh, confirmed by laboratory testing are being reported, uh, but also uh, people who, uh, who uh, presented clinical symptoms and have been diagnosed clinically without going through testing. The total deaths in mainland China now standing at 1,367. Georgia Republican Congressman Doug Collins is not happy Attorney General William Barr will appear before a House committee investigating President Trump's alleged interference with the sentencing of his friend Roger Stone. This is just crazy. I mean, there's nothing happening here except uh, Bill Barr, who is the adult in the room, saying, wait, wait, look, look, we got a problem here. U.S. stock futures are dropping this morning. I'm Michael Toscano. 
the symbol of power and majesty, the gorilla, feared and respected. Our closest animal cousin believed to possess human-like depth and understanding. Green Kong Cannabis Dispensary of Paris aspires to develop the same understanding. Green Kong is a destination, a personal experience with great service for everyone. Located right off the 215 freeway and Hurley Knox Road in Paris, Green Kong is safe, legal, and easy. Visit GreenKong.com for orders. You must be 21. Green Kong is the place for you. Experience Green Kong's exotic surroundings in their jungle-like setting. Bathed in soothing light, Green Kong is a go-to destination for the CBD or cannabis curious or the connoisseur. Google GreenKong.com or visit Green Kong's brand new exciting new location in Paris, California. You're listening to the Inland Talk Express, 10.50 a.m. and 106.5 FM, KCAA Loma Linda. Come ride the little train that is rolling down the tracks to the junction. You're on board the Classic Country Express, KCAA Loma Linda. Our country. KCAA Overnight. filled with sin I wouldn't let my dear Savior in then Jesus came like an angel in the night K-C-A-A Man was bothering me today and I wanted to tell him to go away but I stood and listened to him anyway, okay? Said he didn't want to shoot that man and it was his thing and I wouldn't understand and he had done all that he can, okay? Okay. Good morning, good morning. I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. We're having a bluegrass morning here on the KCAA On the Brink Morning Show. This one's Zach Brown. And you lit up before that because it was Earl Scruggs. It was Earl Scruggs. I was loving that. And, yeah, good stuff. That's your jam. (laughs) You know what it is? 
I just love people who can play their instruments well. Right. I, I'm, you know, except I don't really understand some real free, free flowing jazz where kind of people, everybody's doing their own thing. Yeah. I don't get that. But although I can appreciate their musicality, um, this is just guys out there picking and having a good time. Yes. I love so, it. So can I start us off this morning with a special request article? Sure. So I got an email from my dad. Oh. In North Carolina. And, you know, he's always on the lookout for a good story for our show. And if it's a good story and it involves beer, <laughs> dad's down. So thank oh, you, well, dad. Oh, well, hey. So this is a beer waste. Um, actually saves a Montana town $1 million on water treatment. Really? Right? Yeah. So apparently this little Montana town has uh, a whole bunch of uh, breweries, 10 breweries in the city of 50,000. Dang. Uh, it's Bozeman, Montana. Okay, it is a destination for the craft breweries. Yes. And um, apparently, uh, if they're all dumping their stuff into the waste system at the same time, it can mess with the, the chemistry in the, the water plant, you know? Um, and so they've actually figured out that if they time it right and they do it right, they can actually uh, manage sort of the chemical balances that they need in their water treatment plants um, in a better way. And it saves them a ton of money. So they worked with um, this one. Um, they worked with someone. What, with someone. Let me let me get here. Okay. Um, so because it's rich in yeast, hops, and sugar, brewery waste can throw off the microbes of the wastewater plant that they rely on remo to remove uh, nitrogen and phosphorus. The two nutrients can cause algae blooms in rivers and kill off fish. But if we can use the brewery waste correctly and put it in the right spot, it can be very beneficial to the process according to engineering consultant uh, Coralyn Rivas. So Rivas set, uh, led a pilot project last summer that tried to do just that. So Bozeman worked with a local brewery to feed its beer waste to the treatment plant's bacteria at just the right time and just the right dosage. Um, and it's super simplified, but like if they're eating their, it's like they're eating their french fries and they just need a little ketchup with it. So they get the nitrate out, you dose with a little carbon, and then the bugs are happier, according to Rivas. Oh. So... Ravis and her uh, team got the idea from a small town that's about 300 miles north near the Canadian border. And so on a recent Friday night, the tap room at the Triple Dog Brewery um, in, in Havre, Havre, Montana, population <laughs> 10,000. Um, For 10,000 French descendants. Yes, yeah, is packed. And uh, three years ago, the town's wastewater plant manager approached the brewery, uh, Mike, uh, brewery owner Michael Garrity, with the idea of using their leftover barley that they used for making beer to feed his microbes. Um, and then with his knowledge of brewing and fermentation, he said, uh, why aren't we doing this? This sounds amazing. So um, if, if it worked, the little town could potentially have, ha avoid spending a million dollars upgrading the wastewater plant to meet the new, more stringent clean water standards. And um, so across town, Drew Neufeld, Hab's wastewater plant manager, um, walks over something that looks like a well. He says, this is where we apply it. Um, and so for the last three years, uh, they've had one of his employees has been dumping one bucket of spent barley from Trimple Dog Brewing into the water rushing below every morning. He says the bacteria love love it, and it's as what I found. It disappears by the end. So I just thought this was a fascinating idea, and I know we've got a lot of microbreweries around here, and I wonder if they talk to our wastewater folks. I mean, this might become sort of a a global thing. Well, I want, yeah. I mean, we do have a lot of, of, of microbreweries yeah. here. Um I wonder. You should totally forward that to someone. Right. Like, like forward it to... to uh, Hanger? Ritual? 
Yeah, sure. I any a of, bunch them. of them. I was thinking more along the lines of people who work in wa- wastewater treatment. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Send it to everybody. I'm going to send it to the beer place first because they might give me a free drink. <laughs> good for Lord. my good idea. Hey, Brinker, come Dude, on in. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> God. Anyway, thank you to my dad, Jack Brinker, for this wonderful story to start our day. So you know how your your family uh, is so German. Yes. I've got two favorite things, ice cream and beer. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure if there was a good beer-flavored ice cream, we'd be having that, like, too. I'm sorry, that sounds revolting. I know, it does. I know, like, oh, that's a good idea, but anyway. Uh, so my computer is not working well. Because, um, oh. you know, I've talked about it on the air. Like, I keep saying I'm going to get a new computer. But your brother, Todd, who, of course, everybody knows is the co-host most of the time, yeah. um, he says, no, 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 no. you got to wait because they've got new ones coming out with a better keyboard. And and so I'm like, all right, I'll wait. But it is just giving me a headache all the time. And don't, don't you hate that when you get to the end of the life cycle of some technology and you yes. start having those glitches? And it, they always come at the most inopportune time. And it's just so frustrating. And, and then you feel like people are looking at you because why can't you get your stuff together? Right? Uh, right? <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's technology. You know, and, and I, I'm not complaining about my, my MacBook Air. It's a 2013, for crying out loud. It, is, it has been a workhorse for seven years. Yeah. And really the problem, our, our resident engineer, Rick Rules, says, you don't need to get a new computer. You just need to fix it. Um, so I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. Can I pay you to fix it? Because I've got no idea how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's above my uh, yeah, well, abilities. That, be, that would be um, uh, cheaper than buying a new computer, I suppose. Yes, so, indeed. It would, yes, I hope indeed. so. Anyway, and I, at first I thought I'm going to vo- I'm going to void the warranty. I'm like, it's seven years old. I'm, yeah. There's no warranty to void. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so uh, Tobin. Yes. You pick an article, because I can't bring it up. Okay, well, uh, the next one that popped up in my feed here is Ayanna Presley. Uh, she's a congresswoman, has apparently stated that the American Constitution is sexist by its oh, very design. Good Lord. And that women are still shackled. And so I was looking over there just to see, Aaron. She where... is literally in Congress. W- she's shackled in Congress? Yes. And, and I was looking to see if you had your shackles on over there. Yeah, the I got booth. my shackles. In the booth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm always a little upset when I hear people use this kind of hyperbole. You know, she's trying to make a political point, but it's way over the top. Oh, my God. You know, the, the, the wage gap, how they calculate this is a lie. They take all the women working and all the men working, and they look at average wages. They don't look at industry by industry. They don't look at part-time versus full-time. They don't look at, you know, uh, women who leave the workforce and then come back. They don't look, they don't look at any of those things. If you look at those things, that wage gap disappears. Yeah. This is a lie meant to manipulate people to vote a particular way. Yeah. Well, and you know, you're right because it takes out of the equation, the idea that, that individuals get to make choices about their own employment. Well, and, and women tend to go into uh, into jobs that maybe pay a little less, like being teachers. Yeah. Or you know, um, you know, all, a lot of service things. I work in the nonprofit sector, and and it is dominated by women. And one of the reasons that women do that a lot of times is they they're trying to make family friendly or kid friendly choices. And for me, I am I am nurturing by nature. Yeah. Working in a 
in a highly competitive corporate environment is not for me. I just, that's just not, that's not how I'm wired. And so I've chosen to, to work in a nurturing environment, like a more nurturing. I mean, we still have deadlines and we have all those things, but it's, 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 it's different than a high powered corporate environment. That was a choice that I made. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To suit me. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure that this this hyperbole, this statement comes from the fact that uh, recently Virginia voted to pass the Equal Rights Amendment, but it's like 30 years too late, right? That they had uh, th- this was a, a constitutional amendment, but when they first started circulating this constitutional amendment, they gave them uh, the original legislation that started this gave them a time frame, a window in which the states had to ratify it. It was like 1982 or 1983 is yeah. when it expired. And they didn't, they didn't make that first time frame. So Congress then gave them a, a secondary little extension of a couple years. They didn't make the second time frame. And here we are 30 years later, and now finally, you know, Virginia says, oh, we're going to pass this thing. And now they've said, oh, we, we qualified it. And, and I think that there's a lot of upset because apparently – uh, liberal Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg made a comment about, oh, no, they're going to have to start over again, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, people, you know, th- th- there's this misconception that, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't buy her, her hyperbole that the Constitution is somehow sexist. Um, you know, she looks at, you know, it's just all, you know, like, like the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal. But they, they use these, these um, pronouns as a universal pronoun in the, in the way that they're, they're well, used in these things. women were not allowed to vote at that time, but it's, yeah. it wasn't, you know, we, you cannot take the morals and, and I say, you know, that you cannot take the zeitgeist of the day and apply it to 200 and whatever years ago. Yeah. You know? But when we talk about, you know, um, uh, constitutional amendments and things of that nature, all of your rights in the Constitution are guaranteed to everybody. We don't say only men have the right to freedom of speech. We don't say... That's true. You know, only men have the right to freedom of religion or the right to bear arms. It, 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 it's never been interpreted that way. And in fact, uh, uh, people on the right get upset because sometimes these rights get more broadly uh, uh, defined. So, for instance, people that are in our country um, illegally are given the same rights as people that are here legally. And, and people are like, well, that's not right. Well, those rights were given by God. The founders of our Constitution wrote it in a language that was so broad, right? The people, the rights of the people, not the rights of the citizens, the rights of the people. And, um, uh, and of course, the people who understand our Constitution, our government, understand that the founders framed it in a way to, to, with the concept that our rights are actually God-given, right? And that, that the sense of that is that they can't just be taken away by government, right? That, that they're innate rights that we have that transcend government. Indeed. Indeed. And and again, you know, she's talking about shackles. It's if you compare the United States to utopia, mm-hmm. to how you imagine the world will be, then we fall woefully short and we are the worst system you could imagine. If you compare our system and our government and our our, you know, the life that we live here in the United States to most of the rest of the world, 
we're doing pretty awesome. Yeah. And if you're born in this country, you live in this country, you're one of the blessed few. And you want to know who the 1% is? We are. Yeah. And I say we, every last person living in the United States. Even if you are poor, you're better off than a massive uh, uh, subsection of the United of the of the world. You're better off than than most people living on this planet. And the clearest indicator of all of that is the fact that so many people around the globe want to come here and want to be a, want to be American. They want to join our country. You know, we the this idea and they're calling it socialism. It's not. It's communism. It's collectivism. So, you know, there's so much baggage for these words. It's collectivism. There's so much uh, you, you look everywhere it's been tried. You want to know what it looks like? It has been tried over and over. And this no true Scotsman kind of, well, they didn't do it the right way. Baloney. Yeah. They did do it the right way. It is an evil system. Looking at people as a collective, as a as a an intersectional group, I am only I, I'm I am two things. I am white and I am female. Well, I, you know, that's, that's, no, I am not two things. I am many, many, many things. I have a brain. I have morals. I have a nature that I have to fight against, um, that, that every single person on this planet has to fight against. You know what I'm saying? We fight against our worst natures. We work to make better choices. We work to create a better world. Seeing us as, as, as a, a bee in a hive is evil. Yes. No beehives. People. I know you're being sarcastic. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm joining you, but I'm also adding levity because, you know, this is a radio show, Aaron. I'm adding levity. <laughs> That's what you used to love about me when I was on the show with you regularly. Uh-huh. It was my humor. So, anywho, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't buy into this whole um, thought process. I yeah. don't buy into this, the idea um, uh, that we are only a member of a group. I yeah. think that that every time that that's been proven, I mean, every time that that's been tried, um, in in some sort of collectivism, um, it has been it's been really hard for the average person. Yeah. Whether you go back to to lords and serfs, or you go back to um, uh, uh, communist, um, uh, you know, Soviet Union. Cuba, yes, comrade. China, how many tens of or hundreds of millions of people? I think a hundred million people were yeah. killed by communist regimes in the twentieth century. Yeah, that's a lot of people, folks, and that's not in- including the wars. No. So, anywho, with that, it is time for a break. Ooh, a break. A break. <laughs> I'm Aaron Brinker, and I'm Tobit Brinker, and we are on the brink. The morning show on KCAA. We'll be right back. This segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, now in Yucaipa at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Vaughn Shopping Center. Dickie's Barbecue, where you can get sauced with five delicious barbecue sauces. For the holidays, there's the Dickie's Holiday Feast options. Everything you need for a festive gathering with delicious hassle-free meals that you just eat and serve. Whatever your needs are, they have the perfect option, including the complete feast, the dinner feast, or the single holiday meats and sides. Available for pickup and delivery from Dickie's. And there's no charge for kids on Sundays. In fact, the kids get free ice cream. Dickie's Barbecue, now open in Yucaipa at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Vaughn Shopping Center. Dickie's Barbecue, whatever your needs are. Get ready for a brand new show on KCAA. 
It's Zero Point Health right here on KCAA, the Legacy 1050 AM. Talk 102.3 and Express 106.5 FM. It's time to shop in the cool, relaxed comfort of the Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands, conveniently located on the I-10 freeway between the Alabama and Tennessee exits. Bring the kids too and watch them play in the only indoor fun center. High Five Indoor Playground, where parents are welcomed on the playground. Birthday celebrations are encouraged, so make plans for some great fun at the mall. More reasons why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. The patriotic staff of Capital Steel Company in Sacramento reminds us that too often our veterans and their spouses have trouble finding jobs. If you're an employer, join the Alliance to help support our transitioning military service men and women and their families. Bring elite skills, mission dedication, and agility to your organization. Hire smart and hire vets. That's from Capital Steel Company. For information about their services, stop in or call 916-924-3195 for Capital Steel Company in Sacramento. Men, it's time to stay sharp. Now or anytime is the time to stay sharp. Have a holiday or a special event coming up. Maybe you just want to look good for that special someone. If staying sharp is important to you, then look good with the all-new Stay Sharp Barber Shop in Redlands. Get a precision blade cut or barber trim from the master barbers at Stay Sharp. It's clean, convenient, and cool. Watch sports on one of the many big screen TVs. Kick back with an adult beverage and a warm towel afterwards. Tapers, crop tops, gentlemen's cuts. Fauxhawks, skin fades, comb-overs, hot towel shaves, and hair design. Gentlemen, treat yourself to the special service at Stay Sharp. Walk-ins are welcome. Stay Sharp Barbershop at the Tri-City Center, just off Interstate 10 and the 215 between Alabama and Tennessee on the south side of the freeway. Call 909-272-2931. That's 909-272-2931 and stay sharp. Ladies, and guys too, you work hard, and once in a while, you have to take care of yourself. When it's time to pamper yourself, to take care of yourself, your next stop should be Next Gen Nails and Spa in Redlands in the Tri-City Center. It's very special. Relax. Enjoy this special, luxurious treatment that you deserve. And leave your stress behind with the best beauty care and a royal spa pedicure that includes a warm water soak, trim, sea salt scrub, paraffin therapy, and a luxurious hot lotion massage. You deserve it, and you deserve it today. Look good, feel good at Next Gen Nail and Spa in Redlands because you're worth it. And for a quick session, join Next Gen on Wednesdays for their $10 off spa treatments happy hour from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. The salon is always squeaky clean and waiting. So for the best beauty care and to treat yourself, it's Next Gen Nails and Spa at 1470 Industrial Park Avenue in Redlands or Google Next Gen Nails and Spa in Redlands. K-C-A-A
Welcome back. I'm Erin Brinker. I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA AM 1050, FM 106.5 and FM 102.3. I loved it when Elton John was a rocker. Yeah. It's a fun song. I know I play it fairly often. And, And it's got beer in it. <laughs> Feel a theme going this morning. Aaron. Yes, you do. You're a little, a little alky at six o'clock in the morning. Not really. Can have beer with an egg in it? No. Ew, 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 no. ew. People do that. Yeah. Your grandfather used to do that. Yeah. Well, grandpa had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Uh, so there is an interesting story out of Colton. Um, there's a book by Toni Morrison that was on the required reading list um, at the, in the Col- Colton Joint Unified School District. And as many of her books are, um, it, had, it, was, it had some racier elements. It dealt with some really difficult themes. Um, and uh, they, the school district, the, the, the uh, school board made the decision to uh, remove it from the required reading list, although it's still in all of the school, you know, high school libraries, I think middle school too. Um, and, and students are free to choose that book for, for themselves, but they, it's no longer required reading. Apparently there's some incest in it, there are rape scenes and that sort of thing. And the people who are, because it, the book was written by Toni Morrison, and I think it's called The Bluest Eyes, um, uh, people are saying that that the, the motivation to remove it from the shelves is uh, was racial. And yeah. I know, Tobin, that you dealt with some of these difficult situations that school boards met, met make way back when, when you were on the school board. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because when I was on the school board a um, decade and a half ago, 15 years ago, um, actually closer to 20 years ago. Wow. Okay, it's, going, it's been a while. You're old. Yeah. So when I was on the Colton <laughs> School Board, same school board, uh, we had a parent that came in and challenged some of the books that were on the district reading list. Um, if, I remember, if I remember, there was four books that were challenged. And there's a pr- process and procedure when someone challenges a book. And so they put together a committee. Um, and so we had four different committees for each book. Uh, the committee included parents. It included teachers. It included uh, administrators. And we had a school board member on each committee. And we were, we were all tasked with reading the books. And then the committees got back together and had discussions about what, how we should handle it, what was the best way to handle it. And um, uh, the book that I remember uh, having to do uh, was Beloved, which similarly was a book that had lots of... Was that of, also Toni Morrison? It's also Toni Morrison that also had a lot of the same stuff, you know, uh, sex, violence, um, you know, rape scenes. And... Um, at the end of the day, you know, there was a discussion about how to do it. And if I remember correctly, we left it on the curriculum, but parents uh, could opt their child out when they got to that particular book. And there was a letter that would go home at the beginning of the um, uh, the semester when they were going to do that book that would essentially tell parents, you know, uh, sort of a like a parental warning. This book includes, you know, mature content, and please be aware, you know, um, and, and you have the option of, opting your child out um you know and and this time they chose to do something different they chose to remove the book from the reading list um but you know as as friends yeah from the required reading list from the required reading list so it's yeah so i mean they're not forcing kids to read it um uh you know and it's interesting how they handle books on the quote-unquote reading list some of the books get taught in directly in the class other books the kids are sort of said, hey, you know, read this, like, let's say, over the summer, 
um, and you know write an essay or you'll take a test that has some questions about it or something of that. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That nature. And it's never, there's never any real direct instruction about that particular book. And, and I'm not sure where this one would fall on that spectrum. You know, um, but, uh, uh, you know, the fact that you give parents and kids the opportunity to opt out, I think, is important, um, you know, because some people don't want their children exposed to this stuff. But let's let's I think the 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 operative word is children. Right. Yeah. So does that include I mean, if this is on the reading list for a junior or a senior. So we're talking somebody who's between 16 and 18 years old, generally. Yeah. Um, uh you know, is it, is that, you know, because what's appropriate for them is different from what's appropriate even for a ninth grader. And so, you know, is, should they be, because this is, this is an important work by an African-American writer, yeah. um, you know, should we be shielding them that much? And we have to roll to break, um, but we will continue, and we have a guest in the next, next segment, but I would like to talk about this further in the last segment with you, because yeah. um, the... They're they're moving into adulthood, and the the things that she talks about in this in this book are things that happen to people. Yeah. And so, you know, do we do we put our heads in the sand and pretend they're not real? Do we, um, you know, these are the questions, and and we'll get to that in the final segment. Yeah. So, I'm Aaron Brinker, and I'm Tobin Brinker, and we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA. We will be right back. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, K292FQ Riverside, and K293CF Moreno Valley. NBC News Radio, I'm Phil Hewlett. Closing arguments begin today in the trial of Harvey Weinstein. The defense will give its closing arguments today in the sexual assault trial, and the prosecution will give theirs on Friday. The defense rested its case Wednesday without the movie mogul taking the stand. Jury deliberations are expected to start next Tuesday. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is heading to Washington today to meet with President Trump over the Trusted Travelers Program controversy. White House spokesman Hogan Gidley says the president is looking forward to the sit-down with Cuomo. I don't want to get too far ahead of that meeting, obviously, what the president's going to, to talk to the governor about. But the fact is, he wants the American people safe. And so I hope that Governor Cuomo can work with the president to come forward with some type of solution. The feds recently banned New Yorkers from enrolling or renewing in those programs that allow for quicker re-entry into the country. They say it's for safety reasons because of New York's new green light law, which allows illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses, but blocks federal authorities from accessing DMV records. Governor Cuomo claims the move is political retribution, but he plans to offer DMV records for those applying to trusted traveler programs. A Florida woman is asking President Trump to help her get off a cruise ship. Gay Corder and her husband are being quarantined off the coast of Japan on the Diamond Princess. She spoke to NBC News about the recent increase in confirmed coronavirus cases 
aboard the ship. This one made me think I, I was in hell. You know, when you have hope and you lose it for a minute, that, that's a really bad place to be. More than 100 people on board have contracted the coronavirus. The quarantine is expected to last for a few more days, but Corder says she can't wait that long to get off the ship. She hopes President Trump will intervene and have her and her husband sent to a U.S. military base not far from where the ship is. In the meantime, the death toll from the coronavirus continues to grow, claiming at least 1,300 lives. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. It's time to take a look at our roadways. I'm Erin Brinker. In Fontana on the 10 westbound approaching Citrus, a stalled Uh, stalled out cars in the middle lanes. Stop and go traffic is backed up from Cedar. In Temecula on the 15 southbound between the 79 Winchester Road and Rainbow Valley Boulevard, there's stop and go traffic. And in Upland on the 210 westbound at Campus, a wreck has been cleared from the center divider. Slow traffic is backed up from Archibald. This has been your traffic report. Drive carefully, everyone. I'm Erin Brinker, and this is KCAA. From the KCAA Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jim Rinaldi. This morning will have a clear sky, a sunny day today with temperatures near 70. Mainly clear skies tonight, the low 44. Friday is going to be sunny, high 72. Saturday, sunny, high 74. Sunny skies, Sunday, high 72. I'm meteorologist Jim Rinaldi, broadcasting live from the Tri-City Center at the 10 and 210 freeways. We are the trifecta of talk in Southern California, KCAA. 102.3 FM Riverside, 106.5 FM Redlands, and The Legacy, 1050 AM Loma Linda, San Bernardino. This Snow Country Ski Report is presented by Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Long weekends are made for ski trips. Here's Andy out at Lee Canyon, our Pepsi Resort of the Week. Less than an hour outside of Las Vegas, you'll find all three lifts, 26 trails, tubing fun, and hike to terrain. All open and waiting for you at Lee Canyon. From the Sherwood Triple, steep shots like Slot Alley and Kings are always fun, or the easier Blackjack and Keno trails. But for the expert skier or rider in good shape, all four Hike 2 gates are open to add vertical and challenge to your day. Lee Canyon, the Pepsi Resort of the Week. Closer to home, Mountain High on two dozen trails off of West Resort. Look for East Resort to come online for the weekend. Bear Mountain and Snow Summit with machine-grown pack powder. Lots of freestyling and parks for different ability levels. Over 30 trails for June Mountain. Sugar Bowls wide open. Squaw Valley checks in on over 90 pack powder trails and Alpine Meadows. 85 runs there. I'm Jan Elliott on the Trifecta of Talk. 1050 AM 106.5 FM and now 102.3 FM. The stations that leave no listener behind. Broadcasting more local radio programs than any other station in California. We are KCAA. Welcome back. I'm Erin 
Brinker. I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA AM 1050, FM 106.5 and FM 102.3. And uh, so excited to welcome back to the show Dr. John Huber. He is the founder and executive director of Mainstream Mental Health an organization that's working to bring mental health issues out of the shadows and into the mainstream. He joins us once a month to talk about mental health issues in pop culture and just in our daily lives. Do- Dr. John Huber, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Aaron. So, so, you know, what happens to a family or what is the next step when you get kind of a scary diagnosis, a mental health diagnosis, a bipolar, either for yourself or your family member uh, or someone that you love, uh, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, uh, schizophrenia, schizophrenia or a schizo uh, affective disorder? You know, what's the next, what happens next? <laughs> well, really what I, I found out in my experience is even with these really difficult diagnoses, you know, that, that often mean a lifetime of, of mental health care and maintenance and things like that, it, it is off, oftentimes, especially when it's correctly diagnosed, uh, it, it improves the life of the family and the patient involved because you're getting the right treatment for the person. And their life, actually, as difficult as it is, is much easier and better than it was before the diagnosis. So... You know, it's a scary thing, and I can remember to this day the very first time, you know, I had to go in and tell a family that their child had what we now call intellectual deficiency, ID, was previously was mental retardation, and I had to go in and tell the family that the person that, that they love had a mental retardation, and I was so afraid that I was just going to, you know, everybody was going to blow up, and all I got was, thank you, now we know what we can deal with, and we know what we've got to finally you know, it, it would just, because I'd never looked at it from that perspective at that point. I mean, I was so fresh in the field, and it was a scary thing for me. And now I go in, and I never know what to expect, and I expect that. I, I expect, you know, different responses. But over the years, over the decades I've done this, I've never had just a, a total, oh, my God, you've just, you know, given us the worst thing that can ever happen. I've never gotten that from a family before. Something along the lines of now we know how to proceed. Now we know what we need to do and what's in the best interest of this person we love and care about. You know, it's interesting because the family knows that – everybody knows that something has gone off the right. rails. Right. And um, I know for our – we had a, a diagnosis of someone in our family of bipolar disorder. And when she got that diagnosis, we were like, oh, yeah, I'd uh-huh. never thought about it that way. But all of a sudden, all the pieces fell into place. Like, it made sense. It does make sense, and especially when it's the right diagnosis. That's, that's essential because, you know, as bad as it sounds, you know, we, we go in and we get asked to make diagnoses. Sometimes the patient isn't forthcoming, and maybe they're drinking or doing some street drugs or something like that, and it colors the, the diagnosis to something else, and all of a sudden it looks like one thing, and it's not until we actually get them clean and sober within their mental illness that we're able to actually identify what the true mental illness is. So, you know, there are times when we get it wrong. We just do because we we look at the evidence that's presented us and, uh, you know, we don't always have all the facts. So we have to keep that in mind. It's not always that, you know, oh, that person got the wrong diagnosis. They didn't know what they were talking about. You know, it's like I never criticize another psychologist or psychiatrist who maybe you know, five years earlier, give a different diagnosis than what I've got now, because 
what happens is, you know, the patient is struggling. They're trying everything in the world to have a quote-unquote normal life. And a lot of times they're self-medicating and they don't want to know, they don't want people to know what they're doing. And uh, it's a scary thing for that individual too. It seems to me that um, that one of the scariest diagnoses that you could get um, is borderline personality disorder. Um, one of the the hallmarks of that, uh, and I'm not an expert, obviously you are. Um, one of the hallmarks of that disorder is that um, this fear of abandonment. And um, I, 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 you know, have you dealt with that particular disorder, and and what can a family do to support the person who's suffering from that? Because it can be very, very difficult for those around the sufferer. Well, it, it is, and the fear of abandonment oftentimes is it's not a normal fear of abandonment, like somebody who you know who maybe was uh, uh, you know malnourished or maltreated as a young child. It's a different kind of thing. The the person with borderline personality disorder, they don't have a sense of ego. They don't know who they are. So they base how they perceive themselves off of everybody around them and how each person interacts with them. And they don't have a, a solid grounding on who they are. So it looks very confusing to everybody else. And you'll see things like one minute you're their best friend because they can see that they need you to pick them up from work today. But when they find out that you can't pick them up for work, all of a sudden now you're their worst enemy and they let you know it because they don't have a solid grounding to base everything off. It changes from moment to moment. And because they can't read your mind, they misinterpret things and they make things personal. There may be the reason why you can't pick them up is your car's in the shop and they don't know that or they don't understand that. They think you're making this up to hurt them. And then tomorrow when you invite them to dinner, you're their best friend again. And it's, it's very difficult for families around them and close, people who have become friends with them to manage because you're getting sent these mixed signals all the time. So my advice is typically if you are close to somebody, a family member, whatever with borderline personality disorder being diagnosed, is that you go and seek therapy, not necessarily because you are mentally ill, but that psychologist will be able to look at specifics in your individual family situation and help you learn to deal with it. Very interesting because I yeah it is it is um, it is hard to have that in your life. You may love that person, but um, the the you know you get whiplash with the swinging back and forth. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So talk a little bit about you know what the next steps would be in in like a, schiz- a schizophrenia or a schizoaffective disorder, um, where this there's this world that you have no access to that's very real to the sufferer. Well, it is you know when you have that that world where psychosis is is a reality for them. One of the things that, you know, we work with in therapy with them a lot of times is how to identify what is the real world and what is not the real world, you know, and it's a a difficult struggle. And, you know, you got to first of all start learning about some of the, the symptomology. You know, one of the most common hallucinations that people have is actually olfactory, in other words, smell. So they smell things. And it influences taste and what's going on in their environment. You know, if all of a sudden they smell kind of a metallic smell and everything they eat has a metallic tint to it, Ooh. you know, that's a hallmark of being poisoned. So now they start thinking people are poisoning them. And they smell it in everything. And it's real to them. But you need to sit down and as you learn and they build trust in you, 
you know, and they start identifying and understanding their psychosis, you can work together through that. But part of that means if they tell you they're seeing something, don't give them a hard time about it. That's what's really they're experiencing. And you can talk to them about, you know, reality versus this, this hallucinatory world that you might call a fantasy, but it's, it's much more than that. It's their perception. And we've worked, I, I've worked with countless people who see demons and things like that. And we talk to them about, you know, when you're at the bus stop waiting for your bus and you sit down at the bus stop there and you sit down next to somebody and on the other side of them you see a demon and that demon is like crawling up the side of the, the shelter and that kind of stuff. You know, that's not the time to freak out and start yelling at the demon because they're gonna, somebody's going to call 911, the police are going to show up and they're going to take you away. So you learn how to cope and do coping strategies, and everybody's different. So you have to realize it's a learning curve for that individual. And it may mean that they need to, you know, adjust their medication to help them deal with some of this. But we have to remember that a lot of these medications that we give for all these different disorders, they can actually, if you get them high enough, they, they get to the point where the people don't feel any emotions anymore. And that's an important part of being human. I don't want to take that away from my individuals, my right. patients. They need to understand love and hate and anxiety and frustration and fear and all those different things because it helps us survive and helps us make, make decisions every day. So what I always talk to my patients about and their families is I want to give them control over them. I don't want them to be controlled by those emotions. I want them to have more control over them. So if they're upset, somebody dies, I don't want them crying from you know the moment they wake up to the moment they fall asleep, I want them to go say, okay, I have to go get some work done here. And then when they have downtime, they can go and they can actually cry appropriately for the person that they care for. And then they can pull themselves together and go back and finish their job or finish work or go pick up their kids from school or whatever's going on. So none of these as a whole are a permanent you know, life sentence of pain and suffering. In fact, a lot of times these diagnoses give that individual an avenue now to focus and to have a real life. And that's what we have to remember. You know, the diagnosis is just like being diagnosed with, with a, a biological disorder such as the flu. You know, everything, you know, the common cold can kill you, but, you know, cancer can kill you. The thing is we can survive both. Right. So we have to look at it kind of that same way, you know, Depression is kind of like the common cold of mental illness, and schizophrenia is more like the cancers of mental illness. But uh, I've seen people having successful lives, having good jobs, families, buying houses and cars across the border from, you know, borderline to bipolar to depression to schizophrenia, all of those across the line I've seen individuals having lives. We have to realize that it's all about coping, management, and one of the things that families can be then is those safe people that say, okay, no, nobody else has seen what you're seeing. You know, somebody that's not going to freak out and say, hey, Bob, do you see that over there? No, I don't see anything. Okay. And so now I know that's not real. So having those safe people are very important, uh, especially with psychosis. I mean, if you remember the story of Beautiful Mind, the, the professor. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And one of the things he would do is he would get certain students in his class that became, you know, kind of, you know, the solid rock. He saw them enough, he realized that they were real, they weren't a hallucination. And on occasion he would say, do you see that? And, you know, and they would be kind of like his litmus test. 
and especially his student workers and the people that, that you know were teaching assistants and stuff like that. Now, I, I, I dislike the movie for a couple of reasons because they kind of thinned out a whole lot of his suffering and a whole lot of the problems he had. They didn't make them as real as they really were. Um, so I think that it kind of made it almost a fun thing, and I, I hate to say that because it was a, a difficult movie, but uh, he had a really hard life, and the, the reason why he was successful was his high intelligence. He found out coping skills. He figured them out on his own. But we learned in the mental health industry, okay, well, you don't have to have, if you're suffering from schizophrenia, you don't have to have that high IQ. We've learned from him and people like him what to do and how to do those coping mechanisms. So that's where a psychologist can be good to help that individual learn those coping mechanisms so they don't have to figure them out like he did. I am kind of, I'm not kind of, I am in awe of the people who have, especially with schizophrenia, but the others as well, um, who recognize what they have and and cope with it every day to the point where they are leading productive lives um, in in society. And I say this because you have to be very open um, to coaching. You have to trust those around you that are giving you giving you good advice and you have to be, it, it takes strength not to give in to your impulses. And so, you know, they're kind of rock stars if they can, if they can overcome all of that. Well, they are, but they don't want to be identified, you know, because that makes their life harder. Sure. It, it's really, they want to be, you know, that piece of wallpaper that just kind of fits in because that means they're being successful and right. they're doing the right thing. Right. And, you know, it, it's, we see people who suffer, who become very well-known, famous musicians and authors and actors and things like that who suffer and they hide their mental illness, except for those close to them. And a lot of them continue and have a great life, and we never know about it till after they're gone. But a lot of them struggle, and they lose that connection with those original people that knew them from the beginning because they get so much fame so quickly, they kind of leave those people behind. And it's funny, as I, I get to meet a lot of successful people without mental illness, and one of the things they tell me all the time is, you know, a famous part of your success, you've got to hold on to those people who are there in the beginning who you trust, because you'll never be, know if you can trust all the people once you've got that That's success. true. That's and so it's true. the same way. It's the same way with those people, whether they're, they're famous and, and mentally healthy or famous and mentally well, I think it's more difficult for them because they oftentimes get carried away in a moment. And because of their mental illness, they kind of, they don't have all the coping skills that say, hey, wait a minute, no, you're the person who can tell me to go hang it up. You're the one who can go tell me that I'm crazy. Right. Where, you know, where somebody else tells me that and I fire them. You know, you're the one who I might yell at about firing, but I won't actually do it because we have that connection. And the problem is, that communication isn't always there with those people who have the mental health issues. And then they end up, you know, disappearing from the scene, and we find out they've been in a mental health facility for months and just kind of dropped out and walked away from their contracts and stuff like that, you know, and or they end up doing something really heinous like killing themselves. Yep. And uh, we have to remember that, too. Suicide isn't about wanting to die. It's about wanting the pain to stop. So... We are completely out of time, and this has been awesome, and I really appreciate the conversation. How do people find out more about mainstream mental health and about the work that you're doing? 
Well, right now the easiest way is, you know, we, we talk a lot about our current stuff on our podcast and like that, and you can find us on Spotify, any other place that where they where they have any kind of blog talk, any of the, the podcasts, it's Mainstream Mental Health Radio. You can go to my website, MainstreamMentalHealth.org, DrPsycho.org, and uh, you can log on to any of our, our stuff. I, I do everything's volunteer, so a lot of times we don't update like the web page on a daily or weekly basis, sometimes not even monthly basis. So I apologize for that. The best way is look at our social media and our podcast because we put those out every week and, and sometimes multiple times during the week. So, Dr. Huber, this has been great. It is always a treat to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Aaron. Have an amazing day and an amazing rest of the month. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you. The same to you. So uh, with that, it's time for a break. I'm Aaron Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA. We'll be right back. Vote Denny Antoinette Mazingo for 42nd State Assembly on or before March 3rd. It's the people's time. We need a strong voice in the 42nd District that works for the entire district and will push for every resident on either side of the mountain. As a State Assemblywoman, Denny will be the champion and voice for people of color and those without a voice. She will be the voice for seniors living in the streets, for single mothers struggling to care for their children, and for veterans struggling to survive in a country they bravely defended. Denny Antoinette is running to bring programs to the most vulnerable among us, to ensure affordable housing, to create competitive jobs, and to ensure a great quality of life for the people of the 42nd Assembly District. Denny believes in universal health care, education, sensible gun laws, and protecting our environment. It's our time. It's the people's time. Vote Denny Antoinette Mazingo for 42nd Assembly on or before March 3rd. Learn more at DennyMazingo.com or Google Denny Antoinette Mazingo. Paid for Denny Antoinette Mazingo for State Assembly. The Tri-City Shopping Center in Redlands is home to some of the best bargain shopping in the region. Citywear, Style for Less, and Dollar Tree, to name just a few. Friendly shop owners and staff are waiting for you to stop in for the many specials and bargains they're excited to share. The Tri-City Shopping Center is located just off I-10 between Alabama and the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Make it your home for all your shopping needs, and you'll know why the Tri-City Center is called the Mall with a Heart. Drivers, when it's time to visit the DMV, avoid the long lines and save time by calling toll-free 833-DMV-LINE. That's 833-DMV-5463. Get ready for a brand new show on KCAA Zero Point Health with Taylor Fakus and the incredible ZPA crew. They're fit, strong, experienced, passionate, and the team is ready to help you achieve greater fitness in mind, body, and spirit. Taylor and the ZPA crew operate Zero Point Athletics Holistic Center in Calamesa every day, where you'll find them on Instagram at Zero Point Athletics. And you can catch them right here on Thursdays at 3 p.m. on KCAA 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and Talk 102.3 FM. This segment is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, now in Yucaipa at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Vaughn Shopping Center. Dickie's Barbecue, where you can get sauced with five delicious barbecue sauces. For the holidays, there's the Dickie's Holiday Feast options. Everything you need for a festive gathering with delicious hassle-free meals that you just heat and serve. Whatever your needs are, they have the perfect option, including the complete feast, the dinner feast, or the single holiday meats and sides. Available for pickup and delivery from Dickie's. And there's no charge for kids on Sundays. In fact, the kids get free ice cream. Dickie's Barbecue, now open in Yucaipa. 
at 33562 Yucaipa Boulevard in the Bond Shopping Center. Dickie's Barbecue, whatever your needs are. We can't be everything to everyone, or can we? The station that leaves no listener behind, KCAA. Marion Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. And we are on the Brink, the morning show on KCAA. I love me some Stevie Wonder. Riding on the wall. <laughs> You're in a mood, I tell you. I am. I'm feeling good. That's Life right. is good. She's in the flow, people. I am in the flow. So we started talking uh, before Dr. Huber, and that was such a great conversation with Dr. Huber. I just, he has this really easy way about him and dealing with, you know, topics that could be, you know, he could he could sound very professorial, and he does it. He sounds very approachable, and he uses language that's very accessible. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think he's awesome, which I love having him on the show. Um, so, you know, we're talking about Toni Morrison's book, um, The Bluest Eyes, and how it has been removed in the Colton Joint Unified School District from their required reading list. Now, it's still available in, in the library. In the library. Now, yeah. we, we've, again, we're <laughs> short on time. We have about a minute. Well, I wanted to fight you on this, Aaron, because you were making the <laughs> argument that parents shouldn't be able to opt their kids out, that they should be exposed to this stuff because it's, you know, uh, stuff that they're going to might deal with in their life. And, and I disagree. I think that, you know, our educational system needs to be more, respective, more respectful to parents. And we, there's enough things that we don't let them opt out on. And well, I, and I think the age of the student is very important. You yeah. know, I think the age of the, yeah. And, 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 I, and I wasn't making the case. I was exploring an idea. I was walking yeah. down a mental path. Well, I was about ready to push you off that path. And, <laughs> you know, Jeez. Because, you know. <laughs> You know, and, and, and I'm not for banning books. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I think the books should still be available, but I also think parents should have some say in it. And I, <clears throat> the more we create processes to communicate with our parents and give them options and with our students as well, the better it, the, the system will work, I hope. Well, that is the idea, right? Yes. Are you dying over there? Maybe. So we are completely out of time. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is all over the place. I'm today. Aaron Brinker. And I'm Tobin Brinker. And uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone. I'm going to play some Stevie Wonder again. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3.